welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hello, everybody. I'm so happy to have you here. I have just loved hearing from so many of you. Thank you for all of your feedback and comments and questions. I just love doing this so much, and I thank you for tuning into another episode. And this episode has to do with relationships, specifically how to get over a breakup and on with your life. Now, I'm going to guess that most of you out there have been through a breakup, and if you haven't, well, you're pretty lucky, go buy a lottery ticket. But you know from experience that they really can be quite painful and they can be really hard to get over. In fact, we may find ourselves months, even years down the way after a breakup that we're still not quite over it. And that's because a lot of times what we haven't really done is heal the issue the relationship was there to teach us. Okay, so what am I talking about? Well, let me back up for a second. So most of us believe that the purpose of a relationship is to live happily ever after. You know, go register at Crate and Barrel, get married, have a couple kids, whatever that kind of forever concept is. But if we look at it from a spiritual perspective, the purpose of any relationship, be it a romantic relationship, a friendship, a business relationship, just relationship in general, is for our healing and growth because we're all mirrors for each other. You know, we're all here to teach each other things. And we have many soulmates. You know, everyone that's been in your life that you've had a relationship with has taught you very important things. And often in romantic relationships specifically, someone will come into our life to help us heal a core wound that we haven't really healed. And you're going to hear about that in today's call with Eileen. And the relationship that she is working on getting over is what I call an issue-based relationship. And maybe you've heard me talk about the five kind of relationships before. And an issue-based relationship is one where you're really, really attracted to the person. Like it almost feels like an addiction. The attraction is so strong and the chemistry is great and you can't get enough of them. But what's really pulling you together is sort of these unresolved issues. And there's a lot of red flags and it's the chemistry that makes you totally put on your rose-colored glasses and not see those red flags and pursue the relationship anyway. And they can be really tough and hard to get over because, again, of all that initial magnetism. But underneath is this core issue that we haven't really healed. It's probably something from mom or dad that this relationship is reflecting. And when you listen to me coach Eileen through this call, it will make even more sense to you. So here's what I'd like you to think about as you're listening to this call. Are there any unresolved hurts from previous relationships that you're carrying around? Can you begin to see how you've drawn certain romantic relationships in to help you fill a void from your past? And do you feel like you can't move forward in life or get clarity because you are still stuck in the past? So just keep those questions in mind as you're listening. I'm also going to break down confusion and what causes it, especially after a breakup. So I encourage you to listen to how I coach Eileen through this and see how it may relate to you. Well, hello, Eileen. Welcome to the show. How can I help you? Hi, Christine. This is a pleasure, and thank you for taking the time to talk with me. Um, I 
I'm feeling stuck. I think that's what I put in my email. And it's, it's funny that I'm, I've been like this for a couple of years after a, a heartbreak that, that, you know, kind of rocked me to my core. And it's been good in that I've learned how to, um, you know, really want to feel centered and, and, um, like I don't need anybody or anything to be a certain way that I'm, I'm happy the way I am. I've been working on that for a long time and I'm, I'm feeling like I'm ready for the next steps, but I just, I'm having a hard time. I think specifically finding what those next steps are. Like, um, something that I think I'm struggling with is, and I've been given advice to just find what you love to do and do it. Um, it's, it's, uh, I've been doing that, but I feel like I need a little more. I feel like I need, you know, some direction. I'm not sure how to go about finding that. Okay. I'm actually being guided in a different direction. So let me ask you a question with the, okay. with the, with the breakup, it feels yeah. to me, um, like there's something you haven't forgiven yourself for in regards to that. Do you know what that um, is? Well, you know, it's interesting that you say that because what's coming to mind is right after it happened, I reached out for you for the first time. I discovered you for the first time and you responded in an email that I, because there wasn't closure, it was a three-year relationship and there wasn't, we didn't talk to each other after that, that I should, I should address that. And I never did. Mm. So I'm a bad student. But mm. I, I just, I thought I did other things. I wrote letters and I, I didn't want to, um, I tried to communicate with him directly. I reached out, I requested that we talk and, and it, he didn't respond. So yeah. I didn't, I, that, that closure isn't there. Well, and, and, although I, like I said, I think I've gotten pretty far, but how, how do you do it when there isn't the talking about what happened? Yeah. yeah. Good, good question. And you do not need to talk to someone to have closure. Closure really comes from, I'm, I'm sure probably in the email I gave you tips in terms of letter writing to do, like, I'm saying goodbye because thank you for, I forget yeah. you, I forget, okay, good. So, so the thing, there seems like, okay, let me just, I'm just going to tell you exactly what I'm getting. So there seems like um, there's some part of you that is um, – like almost mad at yourself or or like why did I trust this guy or why did I open my heart or some there's something like that and really the issue to your stuckness is not trusting yourself with making decisions like whatever that's, you you hit the nail on the head mm. that's so, that's exactly what because I was so you know I, I was so um ready to pursue this relationship uh for the long haul. And it was only the second time I fell in love in my 60 mm -hmm. years. It was a shock. It was, it was like a shock. So it rocked my ability. Yes. To trust my judgment. How could this, how could this guy just stop calling after three years? Right. How could I fall for somebody who could do that? Right. Okay. So let's look at this. Let's look at this. So in, in drawing him into your life, what do you think was the biggest thing he awakened inside of you in a positive way? Like, what did he, being with him, awaken in you that was like, oh my gosh, wow, I can't believe I feel like this? What felt good was um, 
the besides the obvious, you know, physicality and you know the touching and all that wonderful stuff, the company every day, the the the, um, the attention. Um, it 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 was that part was dynamic. It was it was um, just that wonderful. But what quality did he awaken in you that maybe you hadn't experienced in your life before? Like, did he make you feel confident? Did he make you feel desired? What awakened in you with him? Desired, for sure. Um, not not confident. As time went on, I mm-hmm. I, I wasn't, I, I was felt like I was hitting wall. So mm-hmm. I became less confident. In fact, there were some things that were eroded during mm-hmm. that relationship that, that I, I backpedaled, I back, you know, my back in time mm-hmm. <laughs> to a certain degree. Um, so desired, yes, confident now. Okay. Okay. Um, so whenever we draw someone into our life, there's always the spiritual assignment right? In terms of Mm -hmm. the the contract we have for each other and and what we're supposed to learn. Um, So did you, uh, I'm just asking more questions so I can get to the, get to the bottom of this. And you can, you don't have to give me long answers. Um, Did you feel an attraction to him that almost felt like an addiction? That was, that was made clear to me towards the end that I, yes, I, I I have to say yes to that. It, I didn't realize it at first. It felt like a nice, normal relationship. And as things started to um, unravel, he physically moved away with sort of a vague plan for me to follow him. Mm-hmm. Then I started to feel very needy and the addiction. I could, I, I actually said that out loud at one point. I feel like I'm addicted to you. Yeah. <laughs> I can't, you know, and I... And I meant it in a in a sweet way, but when I said it, I thought that's weird. Yeah, I, I realized that it it had become unhealthy. Right. Okay. And so, going back and looking out throughout your life, especially your childhood, do you see a pattern of feeling like you had to chase love? Oh yeah, no doubt about that. Okay. I, I certainly um, didn't have my, you know, dad's approval, uh, like some siblings did on one of, you know, 11 children right in the middle. So there was lots and lots of, um, lots and lots of, um, yes. All right. I should just say. All right. sweetheart. Well, he was a wonderful man who was an incredible, um, devout, devoted husband and about Christian, all of that stuff. There was, there was always this, I I never got enough attention in in my world. Right. Right. Oh, sweetheart, I really hear you on that. And um how 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 beautiful that you drew in a man who at first you felt all this attraction to and you probably felt, you know, so desired and so special in his eyes. And then because it was sort of drawn in on a more issue-based relationship than a true um partnership-based kind of healthy attraction, the mm-hmm. the lessons started to be revealed when he started to trigger patterns that remind you of dad. So, you know, the whole, right. the whole purpose of your relationship with this man, why you drew him in, is your soul was really ready to heal the issues that originated back from dad of just wanting to be seen, wanting to be loved, but feeling, oh my gosh, I'm one of 11. What do I have to do to get his love? And it was like your cup was always empty in that way. 
So it, it's, well, I, yeah, I have to say, I hate to interrupt, but I yeah, have to okay. say that that was, that was clear to me during the relationship. And I was excited about working through this stuff. And I thought we were. And to have him just cut it off and stop calling after we he moved, it actually validated all my insecurities. Right. I, you know, so that, hold on. That, let, let me just clear yeah. something up. So okay. it's really hard to heal core wounds, like with mom or dad, with the person that's triggering them. An issue-based relationship. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Can you say that again? Let yes. me take that in. Yes. It's hard to heal those core wounds. Core wounds in a relationship with the person that's triggering them. So in issue-based relationships, when we draw in someone to help with a deep core wound healing, I usually advise people not to start with couples counseling and all that stuff. I usually advise people, go work on yourselves, go clean up your own stuff, and then maybe come back together or, or maybe not. So because you know, his personality was already in that patterning and this was such a big trigger for you, it would have been rather challenging to work on with him, Eileen. I have to be honest with you on that. That became very obvious when he wouldn't return my calls or texts or emails. Right, right. And so in order... Hold on. It's not that I made it clear to him that I was doing that. It's just that I was doing it on my own while I was dating him. Correct. But energetically, he could probably feel that. And the thing is... And I'm not saying for people listening, you can't work things out with someone. However, you really need two people that are totally willing to take 100 responsibility and dive in and do deep healing. It's It doesn't really work when one person's working on it and the other person kind of, sort of, maybe is. So what I really want to do is because I want you to, to be able to, to move through this. So I want to, instead of spending too much time talking about the relationship, I want to give you some some things you could maybe consider in moving forward. Um, thank you, thank you. Yeah. The first thing is let go of any belief that it should have worked out with him or you could have done something different. You know, him... Do you have any idea how hard that is? I do, I do. But <laughs> it, it'll, it'll become a lot easier when you realize it's not really about him. This is little, right. I, this is little Eileen and Dad. And if you go back to that core issue and work on that, then this this will be a lot easier because you'll see, you know, and I see this with so many people, especially women, there's wounding that makes us long for someone that doesn't, isn't showing up for us. Right. And that's, you never want to chase somebody, you know, you never want to beg someone to return your calls because after a while our self-esteem just hits the toilet and we really want right. to be seen and met for who we are. And I know that kind of relationship is possible for you. So what I'd encourage you to do is have a little talk with like that younger Eileen in there and who really wanted her dad's, you know, love and approval and attention. And, yeah. and, take yourself through a process where you actually write out, you know, what she would say, what the little girl would say, and then maybe write back as your dad all the things you long to hear. Because your dad did the best you could, he could, you know, with 11 kids and it was a different time and, and 
you know, I think it's hard for men to be both providers and show up emotionally, especially generations ago. Right. Um, right. But for what you, but because that's like a core male issue, it's showing up in your relationships, and and you don't want little Eileen picking the men you date. No. Right. Right. And <laughs> right? I've got to figure out who the big Eileen is. Exactly, and that begins by going back and reassuring that little one that she's loved that she's beautiful, that she's special, that she's worthy of attention, that she didn't do anything wrong, that there's nothing she has to do to earn love. These things are so important for her to know and for her to understand. So what I would do is is a a 40-day process where every day you're either writing to her or inside your own awareness, you're talking to her and you're telling her the things that she never heard. And at the same time, really nurturing yourself, nurturing your relationship with the divine masculine. So whatever God force universe, whatever word you want to use, there's, there's the masculine and the feminine side of that. And that, that, that love we truly, truly are longing for is that from, from the divine. So nurturing your spiritual relationship at the same time you're nurturing that connection with that little girl is going to help you trust yourself again. And that's that's what's underneath the stuckness. It's like there's a part of you that's afraid to make any decision because you you trust you're going to pick something that's going to perpetuate the pain more. It it was devastating and and I have to say I had um a flash of that what you just said in meditation mm. recently that rather than long for that relationship or or any relationship i it, it was almost it was like a male god boy saying long for for me beautiful and and i thought that was really cool it was very peaceful and i yeah i get it i get it it's I'm in process. So 40 days is a magic number? 40 days works really well. Um, you know, yogis and both scientists agree that that's, that's a good, it's a good commitment to make to ourselves. It's, it's a good time to form new habits. And, and just that number, for whatever reason, it's something that, that feels like a stretch, but it's not impossible, you know? So it's pretty easy to yeah. commit to. Um, and, and really do some forgiveness work, really do some forgiveness work, both towards your dad, because again, he did the best you could and, and towards any misunderstandings, like really, really, Eileen, forgiving yourself, buying into the misunderstanding that you're not lovable. Right. Or that you did something wrong or that there's something you have to do to earn love or be worthy of it. Cause those things are just not true. Well, and I'm sure that. The boyfriend, too, forgiveness for yes. him, you know, just showing up to help me come to this realization. Exactly, exactly. You know, ex-boyfriends are great spiritual teachers. No question about it. Yeah, yeah. Let well, and I, I certainly had these revelations, um, and so I'm, I'm at a much better place to really soak it up and... Um, and so then I want to say, then what? <laughs> I mean, I'm, 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 I'm sure that I'll be more open, more, more ready to hear 
um, signs from the universe of what I should do next, where I should move, who, where I should go. Um, right. That's how it works. Yes. Two things will happen. One, the voice of your intuition will be louder because oftentimes when we're blocking emotional stuff that we haven't yet processed or there's a lot of judgments we haven't forgiven, it drowns out the voice of our intuition because in order to hear our intuition, we have to get really quiet and when there's issues that we haven't quite dealt with, it's like some part of us is like, oh, if I get too quiet, I might feel this stuff. So if, you're, if you really address this, uh, your intuition will get louder. And the second thing is your relationship with yourself will become stronger. You'll become a better partner to yourself so that you will be able to make choices. And even if they don't work out, or even if you know you have to make another choice after you make a choice, you trust yourself enough not to beat yourself up. You trust yourself mm-hmm. to be there with yourself in a loving way. And so choices won't feel as scary. You won't agonize over so much. You won't feel so confused. So confusion comes from being in the past and the present at the sa- or the past and the future at the same time. That's what. Oh, I've never heard that before. That's a good one. I mean, I I totally get that. Yeah. Yeah, and and that's what's happening. Like you're trying to imagine your future, but there's a part of you that's stuck in the past because of this, you know. Uh, unhealed stuff. And, and when you let that go, you can truly be in the present moment and then decisions will become a lot easier. And that is something I think I've been trying to do is hear that inner voice. And I've, you know, well, I sometimes get frustrated. Where is it? What is, why isn't it clear? So, um, well, hold guess, on. So you, yeah. it is, you got a huge hit from spirit that you just shared with me. Your inner voice yeah, is telling no. me your inner voice is there and it's saying it, it, it's, right. it's not about finding a new job or a new guy or a new town right. to live to. Right. Your, your soul wants you to connect to the divine and to heal this. That's the step you're being, your, your intuition is totally speaking to you. See, I'm looking for more practical information. I hear you. And yet, I hear you. that's not, there's probably nothing, there's nothing more practical. Right. Well, outer experience is a reflection of inner reality. So if you want your outer okay. experience to shift, shift your inner reality so that what you're creating on the outside practical is, is happening. And, you know, we've talked about a lot of practical things you're doing in terms of, you know, 40-day mm-hmm. process and those types of things. Never underestimate. You and everybody listening, never underestimate the power of doing the more, quote unquote, invisible internal things in terms of creating tangible, practical results in your life. Well, I have to say, I've never been happier being alone. And I know that's as a result of doing meditation and yoga and hot yoga and hanging around with all the people in that world and, you know, and following what I love, I took you know, I'm I'm an artist, and I took classes to try new and different things, and meeting wonderful people that way, and the creative process. So, I'm sitting here, like looking at my life and my world and my house and my yard, and and feeling happier than I've ever been, and Beautiful. never having been alone. Like I always had a dog or a kids or a husband or the bazillion people in my family of origin. So this is huge. That in the last two years I've come to this place, Beautiful. and I'm fancy that because there's things that aren't coming together, like more income to stay here or move someplace. Those are things that caused me 
constant anxiety, and I don't feel it. I'm, but I'm also thinking, yeah, someday I've got to make a decision. <laughs> Either I get a job or I'm out. Right. And, and that's different. I used to just have stress and anxiety around that, and, and I'm, I'm so chilled and relaxed in a way that is unusual for me. That's beautiful. So there's progress. It's unfamiliar to, to have these feelings of being kind of calm and peaceful. <laughs> There's still this feeling I should do something. I should, you know, make a decision. And and that's all as a result of just residue. Right. So just close your eyes, Eileen, and just take a deep okay. breath. Just take a deep breath. And just let it go with a sigh. And just allow yourself to feel into gratitude. To really feel into this amazing life you've created. Your home, your yard your community, your spiritual practice, and all the abundance that's in your life. And just look at this amazing relationship you've been creating with yourself, feeling happiness and contentment. And just really anchoring this because unless we're happy and content with where we are, we'll never get to where we want to go. So for today, can you just be here? And can you let future thought, when am I going to do this? What about that? Can you just let go and just bask in the gratitude of where you are now and also acknowledge yourself for your willingness to heal where you've been so you can get to where you want to go? Yes. Beautiful. I so acknowledge your courage and your vulnerability. And you're doing an awesome job. You're exactly where you're meant to be. You're meant to be. Don't doubt it. Okay. Well, thank you, Christine. I, I, I really appreciate this. And, and you said so much that resonate with me. And, and I, it's, it's that vulnerability Peace is, um, that's something for, for the next call <laughs> because I can do it with women and friends and sisters and daughters. It's harder for me with men, intimate relationships. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm working on that. The yeah. more, the more confident I get, the more that I'll be able to be vulnerable with an intimate partner. Exactly. And so you just went back into the future. <laughs> so, yes, I did. So let's just, just stay stay now and just really feel into how vulnerable you were with me, which is beautiful. And that's enough. All right. So now some time for takeaways. I hope you had some great aha moments from that coaching session. And I really want to acknowledge and thank Eileen for her honesty. I know she served so many people through that call. So first I want to highlight the subject of closure that I briefly touched on. You don't need closure with the other person to have closure. You don't need some big sit down where you thank each other and it's amazing and you feel closure or the person says the things you need him or her to say or vice versa. I mean, that's wonderful if you can have that kind of loving closure. 
However, a lot of times, especially in issue-based relationships or when someone just disappears, it's like, how do you have closure with that person? Well, closure truly happens inside of you. You do not need the other person. So the first thing to do is to really accept that the relationship ended. You know, if it was supposed to work out, it would have. You've got to let go of any idea that you could have done something differently or been someone different or it should have worked out differently. Like just let that go and move into full acceptance that it's over. And that will help you move to the next part, which is forgiveness. Forgiveness of yourself for anything you judge yourself for, for anything you did or didn't do, and forgiveness of the other person. And remember, forgiveness doesn't mean you condone it doesn't mean that you make it okay. It just means you're letting go of the judgment or the charge inside of you so that you can be free. Now, I want to give you a couple of assignments. These were the assignments that I shared with Eileen that you can also use in your own process to get over it and on with it. The first one is to write a letter. And let me clarify, you do not mail this letter or email this letter to your ex. This is a letter you do as a journal. It's not something that you mail or send. It's something just for you. And really set some time to do this in a ritual or ceremony process. Now, don't just cram this in because you're trying to check off getting over my ex off your checklist. You know, give this the time and sacred space it deserves. So find some quiet time, light a candle, set an intention for the deepest level of healing to come forward. Ask for grace. And really from your heart, open to healing and freedom and forgiveness. And do this handwritten, not on a laptop, not typing, but handwritten. And I'm just going to give you some sentence starters. And for each one... Write as much that comes to mind. You know, don't filter yourself. Keep writing. Don't just write one word or one sentence. Really just let your mind and heart go. So, dear name, I'm saying goodbye because, or I'm letting go because. I learned. I forgive you for. I forgive myself for. And thank you for. So I'll say this one more time, and this will be in the show notes as well on christinehasler.com slash podcast for this episode. So dear name, I'm saying goodbye because, or I'm letting you go because, whichever one resonates, I learned, I forgive you for, I forgive myself for, and thank you for. And write as many of those letters as you need to in order to feel complete. And you'll notice you start to feel that sense of closure where you just feel a sense of peace inside. You know, you're not like, woohoo, like this is amazing. I'm totally over it. It's not like joy necessarily. It's peace. And that charge you've been carrying around like a big heavy backpack will start to lighten. So some other takeaways, some other assignments from this episode for you is also letter writing to the younger part of you. You know, whatever that core wound is that this relationship is serving you with to help you heal, go back to that age and start to write to that younger part and reassure him or her. You know, when we're talking to younger parts of ourselves, it's not about explaining or justifying. It's not about saying, everything's going to work out. It's okay. It's, it's about reassuring. You didn't do anything wrong. You're loved. You're valuable. Things like that. You want to speak in a very unconditional, loving, reassuring voice. I also offered Eileen and I'm offering you a 40-day process of connecting to that younger part, to really tuning in and asking what she or he needs on a daily basis so that you start to fill your own love tank and stop looking for issue-based relationships to fill it for you. 
or actually any relationship in general. And finally, acknowledge yourself. Often when we're in the midst of a breakup or we still feel like we're carrying around old wounds from a breakup, we forget how far we've come. So acknowledge your growth, acknowledge your progress. I loved the part of the call where Eileen really was looking around and being like, wow, look at, look at my life, look at my community. Like I'm really happy being single. Like this is great. So acknowledge all the blessings that are in your life right now. Because again, if we don't have gratitude for where we are and heal where we've been, we can't get to where we want to go. So as always, you have my love and support to get over it and on with it, to use any kind of heartbreak as a window into healing for your heart. And know, and just know that wherever you are in the midst of a breakup, you will get to the other side of it. Thank you for listening to Over It and On With It. I love hearing from you, so please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings. Bye.